following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to... Yeah, it's that bad. My name is Joel. I'm Kevin. I'm Ryan. This is a show that looks at supposedly bad movies and asks the question, is it really that bad? And what that boils down to is that we look at movies that are Ron and Ron Tomatoes and reevaluate that score. Does it really deserve to be that low? Tonight's movie is 2011's The Darkest Hour, directed by Chris Gorak, starring Emil Hirsch, Olivia Thirlby, Rachel Taylor, Max Mingala, and Joel Kinnaman. The Darkest Hour is a Russian-American 2011 science fiction thriller. This movie currently holds an 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. How about a plot synopsis? Two young American men travel to Moscow to sell their social networking party locating software. Whilst at a nightclub, they venture outside to see what is believed to be an aurora borealis. However, the light separates and falls from the sky. They discover that the lights are aliens using the power supply to hunt and kill humans. Okay, the darkest hour. All right, first up, no Martin tonight. Instead, we have a special guest filling in the uh, third mic. How's it going? This is our friend Ryan. He knows Kevin and I for many years ago. Many moons. Many, yes, many moons. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So we have him here because by the time this episode comes out, we will have already completed Kevin's wedding, I guess. Um, depends on, uh, <laughs> well, depends if, on the timing. I, it's going to come out the day after your wedding, right? Tuesday? Oh, I guess so. Okay, yeah. Yes, this is... I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ryan's in the bridal party along with myself. Deep. If you want to know more about this, head on over to facebook.com slash yes that bad. <laughs> Download the bonus episode where we talk about the wedding a little bit. Okay, The Darkest Hour. What is your history with this? I don't have any history with this. I never saw it when it came out in theaters. It didn't come out that long ago. I did want to see it because one of the actors in this is a guy from the TV show The Killing on AMC. And I really like him as an actor on that show. And I was interested to see him in something else to see if he's just really good at playing that role or if he is actually a really good actor. Yeah, my history is the same as Kevin's with it. Uh, I just saw the commercials for it around holiday season. Uh, I wasn't like just to see that um, you know the smoke or whatever just taking out people I was like oh that's kind of interesting it's a little different but never took it any further I'm just like yeah I might, might eventually catch it on DVD that's about it though yeah same with me I wanted to see it because first off it was the guy who directed Wanted which is a movie that I really enjoyed did you like that? no I didn't really care for that. I actually saw that well, with you yeah, Ryan I loved that movie yeah. yeah that was a good time for everybody it was. It was. yeah so I, I wanted to see whatever this guy produced and it looked interesting the, the premise appealed to me I wanted to see that plus Emil Hirsch that's a guy I like Yeah. He's so yeah guy. I wanted to see it but it just felt completely by the wayside back in December of 2011. But yeah, here we are. We finally caught up with it. Okay, so let's do what we always do at the top of the show. We'll discuss the actors one by one and we'll see how you thought they did. First up, Emil Hirsch, speed racer himself. He was all right. His action scenes were believable. He had a few times where he had to give speeches, almost like motivational speeches, and I didn't buy those at all. No? They felt very forced. I wouldn't have followed him. He didn't convince me, but um, he was all right. Nothing really to complain about. Yeah, he was just kind of there. I don't, I don't think he didn't do much. He was just kind of the, the positive, we can do this, guys, kind of thing. It could have been anybody in this role, yeah. really. He didn't really bring anything to this, you know? No. He didn't have that speed racer charm. You know the wild good looks. <laughs> he did have his good looks. <laughs> So he's, he's pretty low on the beefcake score for you? Yeah, in this, this movie? Yeah. One. One out of Whoa. five. Whoa! Yeah. In an action movie, no less. Yeah, he's not, he wasn't beefing it up. Those beefy cakes weren't doing it for me this time around. <laughs> I don't even consider this an action movie, though. Action-y? Yeah. More action-y than Into the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, next up, Olivia Thurlby. She was the main girl that uh, Emil Hirsch had a crush on. The main squeeze? Oh, yeah. She was pretty good. I liked her. I enjoyed watching her. She was a pretty good actress. Yeah, she can join the Olivia Club along with Olivia Wilde as pretty good actresses. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's good enough, right? <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Yeah, she was just the, uh, the the girl, you know, that uh, the guy the guy wants in the movie, the cute girl. Yeah, I mean, she wasn't asked to do that much, right? No. Look scared. Run over there. Run over there. Yep. You know? That's pretty much it, but hey, I enjoyed her presence in this. Yeah. Okay, Rachel Taylor. She was the other girl. She was Olivia Thoroughby's friend. I thought this, this girl did a good job. I think her character was... We weren't meant, but we weren't supposed to root for her character. I think, right? I, I don't know. You, you thought you know the two girls are stick together. They're friends from America. You thought maybe you know hopefully they make it out because you know he's root for the Americans. Was she American? I thought she was like Australian. She was Australian. But the, oh, which by, <laughs> by the way, I didn't, I didn't pick that up. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Did she look familiar to you guys? No. You remember? Do you recognize her? No. She looks like maybe. I don't know. Transformers 1. Who's she in Transformers 1? Who else was Australian in Transformers 1? She's that girl? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, yes. I, I didn't make that connection. The Australian signals expert. Oh, wow. I'm shocked. I thought that girl was, like, short. This girl was really tall. Well, I'm going to say this. I don't think we were supposed to really root for this girl because her character would, like, be kind of annoying and screw things up from time to time, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought she kind of sold that character. That's what she was supposed to be. Yeah, she I definitely got annoyed with her as the, the movie went on. She just seemed to be Joey's just like a lead anchor. Okay, next up, Max Mingala. You may know him better as that guy from the social network. <laughs> that guy? Who worked with the Winklevoss twins. Yeah, he um he was alright. He, he yeah, he was he was alright. Nothing nothing really to talk about, I guess. He, he didn't blow your mind? No, he didn't, he didn't blow me away. Yeah, so well it's like the rest of the actors in this movie. They're all just they played their part. They played it, you know, acceptable. You yeah. Know, it wasn't anything spectacular. Yeah, I mean it's to say like the, the acting's not the strong suit of this film, right? No, no. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Okay, and finally, Joel Kinnaman. That's your boy there, Kevin. Yeah, this is the guy that I really, really like on The Killing. He's fantastic in that show. And I thought he was pretty good here, too. He was my favorite. Of, I didn't like this guy. He was my favorite actor out of the I wasn't feeling it. No way. I, I was feeling it. I thought he, his goal was to be like a jerk. You got to hate the guy kind of thing because of what he pulled in the beginning of the movie. But I don't think he did enough to make you hate him. Oh, I hated him. <laughs> And then I loved him. I thought he was good in this. He's not nearly as good as he is on The Killing. He's fantastic. That guy needs to get more credit for that role. Oh, I'm thinking The Killing's got a little better material for him to work with. Yeah, for sure. And I also think he, I mean, he's Swedish. I think he was, he played that character on the Swedish version of The Killing. Like, this is the second time he's done this character, I think. Oh, okay. So, for whatever that is worth, I guess. <laughs> not much. <laughs> okay, let's get into the brief history of The Darkest Hour. The Darkest Hour was directed by Chris. Chris Gorak and produced by Timur Bekma Bekmam. <laughs> Timur Bekmambetov. While most films about alien invasions are centered in the United States or have an international scale, Bekmambetov's involvement ensured that the premise would be an alien invasion from Russia's perspective. With a production budget of $30 million, filming with 3D cameras began in Moscow on July 18th, 2010. Production used resources from the Russian-based company Basilevs, owned by Bekmambetov. Filming was temporarily suspended three weeks later due to the 2010 Russian wildfires affecting the city and its vicinity with its smog. By September 2010, filming had resumed. In April 2011, the release date was changed to December 25th due to the filming conflicts in Russia. This film was not screened for critics. <laughs> oh, no. What a surprise. Wait, was this, was this movie in 3D in the theater? I don't remember that. I don't, I don't remember that no, either. I don't remember that either, no. I don't remember that being the big tagline for the trailers. A Christmas Day release for this movie? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's kind of a weird 
weird release date for this kind of movie, right? It doesn't seem like a holiday. Ah, man, film. they do this all the time, though. I will never forget when, like, an American werewolf in Paris or London or whatever the hell that was a couple years ago came out on Christmas Day. I was like, who's gonna go see this on Christmas? But people do. Okay, The Darkest Hour. So this movie starts off in typical Yes, That Bad style with a terrible CG effect. We we come around the outside of this airplane that, that clearly looks like it was just drawn in the sky. <laughs> know why we did this because it, it like pans around the outside of this airplane for no reason no reason and then all of a sudden we're inside the plane and that's when we you know start meeting the main characters but why do we even bother going outside the plane show off yeah that's it show what off <laughs> it looked terrible <laughs> not, not to them it, it's just a waste of money right yeah i agree it looked bad it well, looked like the a-team how much money could it have been if it looked that shitty uh, they spent 30 million apparently on this which shocks me that's all that's all a mural horse dollars right oh you think yeah, yeah, he's yeah, 25 yeah. mil oh got easy, easy. <laughs> Okay, so this movie takes place in Russia, which I thought was an interesting choice because that's an environment we don't really get to see in movies that often. Yeah. I thought that was cool. I, I liked it. I liked the way it looked, like mm-hmm. where they were. Yeah, usually you see like the Kremlin or, you know, Moscow World Square. World War II. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But didn't, don't you feel like this movie could have been any major city in the world? True, true. I mean, you could have put like District 9 anywhere else. But right, yeah. I'm just saying that I don't think the city helped the uh, movie in any way. One of the conflicts was that the main characters couldn't speak the native language right? Yeah. So it could have been anywhere, but it was cool to see Russia not, you know, assembling nuclear weapons or something like that. That's what we normally see Russia doing, right? Arms yeah. Dealing. Something with arms. This is Russia is like a normal city. Like this. Yeah. It's nice for a change. I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was a good choice. Mm-hmm. We meet our two guys, Emil Hirsch and uh, Max. They, ironically, they are doing some sort of social networking startup, just like our boy from the social network. Yep. And they've come to Russia to sell their idea. And if it works out, their company will become a $10 million company and everybody wins and it'll be amazing. Mm -hmm. So they go to the meeting and immediately one of their buddies is there and he double crosses Emil Hirsch and Max pulls a social network on him. How ironic. This is one of the earliest double crosses I've ever seen in a movie. (laughs) (laughs) Right out of the gate. So Joel Kinnaman, you get the sense that he set, basically was like the, the, the setup guy for this meeting. Like they contacted him to set up this meeting with Russian investors. He speaks Russian. So he's like their intermediary. Yeah. And lo and behold, he takes their presentation and steals the whole thing and he's getting the Russian millions of dollars. Yeah. Pretty sweet I, move. I don't think it's dollars. I think it's... Whatever. <laughs> Russian monies. <laughs> it's a pretty smooth move, right? Yeah. You respect that. What they should have done was had this meeting at midnight. That's a really good point. And this might not have happened, right? <laughs> That's an excellent point. Midnight board meetings. What are it, always what? successful. Well, immediately after the double cross, we get a bar scene. Emil Hirsch and Max are at a bar commiserating. We meet the other female protagonists, Olivia mm-hmm. Thoroughby and her friend. Yeah. So that the club, they're moving, they're grooving. Oh yeah. <laughs> And Olivia Thoroughby, she gets a text message from somebody. Her mom, I think. And they they hold it up to the screen for like 20 minutes. <laughs> but I couldn't read any of it. Could I you? couldn't either. No, it was, te- it was, it was no. And we were going to, we thought, we were like, hey, maybe we should read that. We're like, nah. <laughs> Let's just go. Forget it. We'll figure it out. Yeah. I kind of wish we did go back and read what it said now. Really? Well, because it, it becomes a running thing during the movie. Like she keeps checking her cell phone and she can't get anything. Oh, yeah. And then that yeah. comes into play later. Yeah, yeah. Again, I. I'm, I feel no love lost here. Okay, okay, I don't okay, care. Yeah, yeah. You feel you could have better connected to her? Yeah, you, yeah. I feel like I could have better connected with that character. All right, so, and right off the bat, this movie kicks off. They're not pulling a mummy here. They're not waiting an hour. Nope. It's like, you came to see an alien invasion movie. We're going to give it to you. Mm-hmm. Within the first, like, 15 to 20 minutes, those aliens are dropping, and they're coming in hot. <laughs> 
on Moscow. Yep. They go outside, and it looks like the Aurora Borealis is flickering in the sky. Very reminiscent of Kevin's favorite movie, Frequency, starring <laughs> James Caviezel and Dennis Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good movie. I like that movie. <laughs> yeah, so the Aurora Borealis turns into a bunch of these balls of light, these orange orbs, and they just start dropping all over the place. Orange orbs? Alliteration. Oh, I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even realize. <laughs> yeah, so these orange orbs are dropping everywhere, and people are going nuts. This is pretty crazy, right? If I was there, I'd be like, whoa, what the hell is going on, right? I didn't think they were going nuts enough. Okay. Everyone, so this whole group of people, they're all gathered outside, and they're kind of like looking up like in wonderment. Okay, so this is present day. No one's got their cell phone out recording this extra strange occurrence. Especially with me. the social media aspect of this movie, right? That's yes. Theme. Yes. Their cell phones wouldn't work, though. The whole power surge took everything out. That's true. I'd be freaking out. Yeah, I'd lose my mind with fear. I thought they were pretty calm, cool, and collective, considering. <laughs> <laughs> considering the catastrophe. <laughs> All right, so one of the orange orbs gets really close to Emil Hirsch and hit the gang. And we get our first big special effect, really, mm-hmm. of any interest. One of the Russian cops goes up to the orange orb, which at this point has disappeared. It's become invisible. Yep. And every once in a while, you see like flickering into view. This Russian cop goes up to it. He extends his baton and... And he gets disintegrated. Gobbled up and disintegrated. He just explodes yeah. and like sand shoots yeah. everywhere. Dust. I, I thought that was a really cool effect because after he, you know, got you know eaten up, is ash kind of floated, you know, hung there and floated there. It's kind of like, you know, this is what's left of the guy is just kind of hanging there. I thought it was a really cool touch. It reminded me of War of the Worlds. Yeah. Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Those people blew up like that a little bit. I was immensely impressed with how this looked, and which is something I remember from the trailer, which is, was another reason I kind of wanted to see this movie when it came out, is because this effect I thought looked awesome. But these people just get almost like burned like to toast in like a second. Yeah, and there's always there's like a little spin on them. Yes, a spin, they get burned, and it's just like their ashes float away. And it looked awesome. Yep. For a movie that later on will have some effects that are a little questionable, they did an excellent job with this. Yeah, they didn't screw around with this one. They, I think they knew. This is this is the heart of the movie. Like, we nail this, and we're going to be good. And they, they nailed it. So naturally, when this when this Russian cop disintegrates, this is when people lose their cool. Yeah, yeah, everyone goes nuts. They go nuts. They go running inside. And that thing doesn't stop with that Russian cop, right? I mean, he, he makes his way into the club. Yeah, they go back into the, the bar that they were in, and the alien is just disintegrating integrating everybody that gets in his way. Yeah. There's a great scene there where your boy, Joel Inneman, he really uh, shows his true colors. Yep. He's a real hero. <laughs> he's running away with this girl. And they, they, they both like turn a corner in this narrow hallway. And all of a sudden, she like turns around. And you can tell that there's there's another alien coming from the other direction. And instead of like grabbing her and helping her escape, he closes the door on her. Yep, and watches, watches through the window. And she just then catches her and kills her. Yeah, a real hero. <laughs> I don't think she would have made it. No? No, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, you, if, if you're actually in that situation, you're going to go back in your mind and replay that and think that maybe she could have, but whatever. Everyone's dying, right? So was he a hero? Like, he saved people by closing that door? No. It, it's a non-event, right? Him closing that door doesn't matter. They bust right through doors. Yeah. So, whatever. It doesn't It doesn't make him a hero, though. That's for sure. Well, the aliens are running around, and we get to see from their point of view, like, alien vision, kind of like predator vision. Yeah. I had a bit of a problem with this. It's like night vision, except instead of green 
green, everything's white, and people are orange. Yeah, the same color as, as them, the orbs, basically. Yeah. yeah. I guess it's the indication that they're quote unquote seeing electrical charges. Yeah, I think they kind of use it as almost like clues to what what it is or what, what's going on. You know, I mean, what you're dealing with, kind of thing. I, like, I guess it's the audience in. Like, I don't know if it's as much as them seeing and more so sensing. Kind of like they, they allude later to sharks, how they can sense yes. electric currents. Yes, yes, yes. Like, is that what's happening? Like, it's it's the result of them sensing what's around them? I don't know. I just didn't like the way it looked. Like, I'm okay with them having the alien vision, predator vision stuff. Mm-hmm. I just thought the effect looked bad. It just wasn't designed well. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I completely agree. Like the way agree. the people looked, yeah. they looked like stick figures almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and then you had the surrounding, you know, inanimate objects were just gray, flat. Pixelated, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so our, our heroes go into the basement of the bar. They lock themselves in, and we see that time is elapsing. It's just like Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Mm-hmm. But instead of it, like, saying Saturday, like, in the image, it, it appears, like, at the bottom, like, beneath the letterbox. <laughs> so it looks like a subtitle. It did. That's so terrible, right? I mean, it's a real minor nitpick, but I was like, wow, that looks horrible. Yeah, it looked pretty, pretty weird. It, out of Completely out of place. Yeah, it really took me out. I'm like, wait a minute. Why is that there? I was, I thought, like, it was like, a, like someone might have said it in, like, Russian or something, right? <laughs> Yeah, but they're in there for a couple of days, and they don't emerge until Tuesday. Again, how they knew to, w- to leave at that point. Well, my question was, so they're in the basement. Why do they stop, you know, pursuing them into the basement? Do they, you know, they just, what, they see the doors closed, so they move on somewhere else? Well, th- there was that big metal door. Maybe they couldn't see through it. Oh, so, okay, so they go outside, and Moscow is completely deserted. The only thing that's left is just dust that's blowing through the streets. So cool. That's a great image. Yeah, that implies that everybody just got slaughtered. Uh-huh. That was out there. They just got turned to dust. It's like the dust bowl. Exactly. So far, I'm with this movie. Me too? Yeah, yeah, d- definitely on board. I mean, it's like downtown Moscow is empty. A city that probably holds millions of people easily, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of dead people. That's that's insane that you can just walk, like, walk the streets and the, every, all the cars are empty. There's no one around. They run into some old woman who managed to stay alive. I don't know how. Who's like bricking up her windows. Yeah, I don't know how she was still alive. Maybe she doesn't have very strong biometrics. Oh, maybe. Maybe she's a mutant. Pandorum? <laughs> Yeah, she's, she's evolved. <laughs> she's evolved in four days. Yeah, they're trying to get back to the American embassy and they see like a bridge has collapsed because like a boat drove into it and there's just chaos everywhere. Eventually they make their way to uh, St. Petersburg Cathedral and where like Lenin's tomb is, that big area. Now, I was really pleased to see this because Kevin, as you might recall, Tony Hawk's Underground 1 had a level Moscow. Yep. And I was very, very familiar with this... <laughs> With the seed. I was like, oh man, I know this, I know that. Oh man, that's the best part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, Joel was calling out gap names. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I grinded that, yeah. <laughs> Again, though, this is a really interesting place to set your movie, though, right? Just like the buildings in the back, like St. Peter's Cathedral's back there. It's a good backdrop. Yeah, it's a beautiful city yeah. to death to shoot I, in. That's like being in Times Square, right? That's yeah. packed with people. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's completely and totally deserted. Yep. All that's left is like a, a cop car in the middle. And Emil Hirsch and Max, they run up to it, and they're rooting through it, looking for stuff. And they see a dog in the distance barking. And Kevin, you love it when this happens in movies, right? No, I, I hate when this happens. So the dog's barking seemingly at nothing. And... And yeah, up comes one of the aliens and disintegrates the dog, killing the poor innocent puppy. It was a puppy now? It was a puppy. <laughs> it was innocent. 
<laughs> this scene was it was what was in the trailer mm-hmm. uh, for commercials, and I was praying that uh, they just used that for shock value in the commercials. But no, no, they kept it in. I think that we need to leave these puppy of, murder, puppy murder out of movies. Exactly, it happens a lot, right? It does it's, too often. It's cheap and easy trick. These yeah. aliens are bad because they kill the puppy. Yeah. yeah. So the Emil and Max, they're, they they see what happens to this dog, and they're hiding behind the the, the cop car. But Emil Hirsch, he, he can't help himself. He's got to look, despite the fact that these things are invisible. He's got to peek around the corner and look to see what's going on. And then he's speed racer. He's reckless. Yeah, okay. So, naturally the um, alien picks up his bio-electric luminescence. Yes. Emil is glowing. He's floating and glowing. So it picks up his signal and it, it, it heads over and it, it goes on top of the cop car and it's making its way to the back and Max and Emil, they duck under the cop car and lay underneath it, which basically shields their signal and the alien just kind of keeps on going. It was pretty suspenseful. Yeah, it was a good scene. Yeah. Yeah, that was your fir- and that was your first kind of clue that uh, maybe these things have a little weakness or something they can maybe work with. Yeah, especially since as it goes over the cop car, Emil notices that it sets the cop car's lights and I think it's siren so, yeah, so, off, yeah. right? Like to- yep. It has an impact on electrical, electrical objects around it. Right. Very yeah. cool idea. I like this a lot. Yeah, so, you know, these things aren't, you can't see them, but you can have things around that will kind of clue you to their presence. At this point, the mystery was pretty enticing as to what was going on. Like, we were debating as to what the hell these aliens were. Mm-hmm. What did you think they were at this point? I thought that they were just aliens inside of, like, a suit, basically, or, like, a little device. I thought they were going to be, like, little puny, weak aliens inside of, like, a souped-up Like Men in Black? Device. Yes, because the, the the things themselves aren't really that big, right? They seemed almost like little ships. Yeah, and they didn't seem big enough to hold like a, a like a giant alien. Like a lot of times, the aliens are pretty big in these like sci-fi horror type alien movies. But I thought it was gonna be like little and weak. That was my idea at the time. I was thinking there was something. It was an alien put in like some sort of uh, armor or suit, you know, a combat suit kind of thing, like uh, like uh, Independence Day, something along those lines. I thought they were just like beings from another dimension, and what we were seeing was just like a byproduct of that. Like we wouldn't be able to fully understand what they really look like. I thought that was a cool idea. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. They make their way into this giant mall. I think that's what that was, right? Yeah. It was a fancy mall. I like the very, way it looked. Very cool looking. Very high-end mall in which a airplane has crashed and this a pretty big airplane fits like just in the hallway. The opening of this mall. This mall is pretty big. That's a good point, man. That's a really good point. And that looks like a 747. Yeah, it wasn't. They're big. It wasn't a prop plane. So they're in here and they're trying to formulate a plan. So they figure out that if they have have light bulbs on them and these things come around that the light bulb will light up so it's kind of like a warning system. Again, good idea. I like this. This is clever. Yeah, I wasn't sure that a light bulb was the best choice. I, I guess I guess at this point they don't know what the what these things can see, right? Yeah. Like a light bulb going off isn't that like a big like sign? Like, uh, hey, I'm here. Emitting light. Yeah. yeah. Well, whatever. I, it is what it is. Alright, so they're in the mall. They're looting it for new clothes because they've been stinking and reeking in a basement for five days. Or With whatever. a dead body. Don't forget that. True. True, 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 true. That guy probably smelled horrible. (laughs) So they wanted to get some new clothes, you know, the finest Russian fashions. Mm -hmm. They were going through the stores, busting (laughs) through windows and stealing whatever they get their hands on. TVs, radios. (laughs) 
Yeah, and we see that the aliens are approaching. And I thought that this was a brilliant idea to show that the aliens are coming. All they have to do is they have some guy in the back flicking light bulbs on and off. Mm -hmm. And that shows the aliens are coming. So in a sequence, it's just like a row of lights in the ceiling. The first one turns on, then the second, then the fourth, and the fifth. And it lets you know that the alien is slowly moving in that direction. Brilliant. That must have cost nothing to do, effects-wise. Which is why I was surprised that they spent $30 million on this movie. It seems like a lot of it was practical effects. And But that effect works so well, it, I thought. It built so much more suspense than if you saw this thing coming. Yeah, yeah. exactly. This invisible thing is coming, and like the lights just turning on, on their own. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to know. And it's just scary on its own. Like, if you were Emil Hirsch and, and, and uh, Olivia Thoroughby, you'd be losing your minds, right? These lights are turning on, on yeah. their own. Yeah. So the alien appears, and they go running in different directions. Come to the realization that there is a way to avoid the aliens. Yeah, he would stand there as it's coming close. His light bulb on his chest is lighting up. So he just stands motionless behind the display in the one store, and the thing just kind of slowly moves on by him. And then he's uh, and he's like, whoa, hey, it's uh, someone we can work with here. <laughs> Yeah, it just passes him by. He doesn't see him. Yeah, so I guess he's shielded by the glass, which is the, the realization he comes to. I'm not even sure that's the realization I would have jumped to. Yeah, I would have thought like, okay, motion, motion, right? exactly. I would have yeah. went straight to Jurassic Park, exactly. T Rex. Don't move. Yes, but he he's smarter than me though, right? He's I mean, smarter he, than Jeff Goldblum. He well. he knows these things. He's he's a, he's a engineer. Not an engineer. He was a sales guy. He's a software Max engineer. Was, Max was the engineer. He, he might know about oh, aliens, no. but he doesn't know anything about wild berries. He makes his way over to Olivia. As she is being approached by one of the aliens, and he grabs her and pulls her out and pulls her behind a glass door. And she's like, what are you doing? We're going to be spotted here. So he's like, just, just trust me, just stay here. So the alien passes by and can't see through the glass again. But it comes really close, and her hair gets sucked to the glass because it's like statically charged. I thought that was really cool. That's a great yeah. effect. Yeah. Great effect. They probably just took a balloon and rubbed it against <laughs> her head. <laughs> it cost three cents. <laughs> And there's a great effect. It was really cool. They were, they were doing some things. It's like they were thinking outside the box here. Yes. They yes. weren't just taking alien CG and throwing it into a movie. They were really thinking here, which was, I appreciated that. Yeah, they took the idea of electricity and really did different things with it, which was nice to see. They may have consulted some electrical engineers. This movie. What do you think, Joel? <laughs> what? <laughs> 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 so, yeah, so they go back and tell the others, you know, what they discovered that, you know, glass can protect them. And right after this, I thought what was really cool, they, they showed a shot of the city, you know, just to kind of end the scene and establish the next scene. And they just showed a wide shot of the city with random cars turning on and off. Awesome. And then, yeah, I thought that was really cool. They're awesome. Just, they're just wandering around. They do the that city. a couple of times yeah. when we see just car lights turning on and off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That works so well for me. I thought that was great. Yeah, me too. Again, at this point in the movie, I'm sold. I'm like, this is cool. This I'm, is really cool. I'm 100% invested in what's happening. Weren't you waiting for the other shoe to drop, though? Always! <laughs> yes, that bad feature film. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is at that point, right? Yeah, of course. Like, no matter what the movie is, aren't you just waiting for it to get screwed up? <laughs> They're gonna ruin this somehow, right? <laughs> it's gotta be 11% for a reason. Yeah, right? <sighs> That's such a shame. All right, so they make it to the American Embassy, and this thing is shot to hell. It's ruined. All they find is a bunch of bullets and guns on the ground and dust. So whoever was there, they got obliterated. It's so cool, man. There's just thousands of empty bullet casings on the ground. Like, like they shot the hell out of these things, and it didn't matter. <laughs> and the riot shields are just sitting where the guys probably were on the stairs. Yep, so cool. Yeah, this, again, well done. Very interesting we stuff. Di- we didn't have to see this. This was right, enough. Right. Like, we understand there was a giant gun battle 
battle that they didn't have to waste time showing us. True. Trying true, to true, impress true. us with special effects. Like yeah. this was this was cooler to me. Like this is the aftermath of what like, those people went through, which would have been insane to see that. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of subtlety. Yeah. It's a little, little smarter. Well, your boy Joel Kinnaman, he finds an assault rifle, he picks it up. This guy's a dangerous man. It's like a know? bull in a china shop. Yeah, yeah. Something falls from the ceiling. He goes nuts. He starts firing his gun wildly in the room. <laughs> and this guy's a dangerous threat. Yeah, get rid of this guy quick. Yeah. The whole time I'm watching this movie, I'm like, man, I'd kill I'd, I'd want to kill this guy, <laughs> kill this girl, get them out of my team immediately, right? They're all a threat to you. You're only as strong as your weakest link in these survival situations. So you gotta you gotta make harsh decisions. Listen, you gotta have a jerk in the group. Oh yeah, he's really gonna help me survive. <laughs> <laughs> gotta have that dynamic. <laughs> I mean, at this point, though, they literally kept him around just because he can speak Russian. That's it. It's the only reason. Is that really a redeeming reason, though? You're in a, you're in a Russian city. It's they like, need him. He's a tool. You yeah, know? they need him. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> 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 During this whole time, didn't you think that Emil and Max should have been a little harsher towards him after what he did to him? In the yeah, he screwed them over. They're, they're not going to get $10 million for him. They watched him murder that girl by closing the door. Does that even <laughs> enter their minds, though? I mean, you're just trying to stay alive. Like, having another set of eyes, at least, is worth having someone around, right? No, yeah, keep him around, but just give him the cold shoulder or something. Come on. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I feel like you'd come together in a survival situation. <laughs> no? Every nah, man nah, for himself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Darwinian capitalism? <laughs> well done. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> Which is from our bonus episode. Facebook.com slash yeah, it's that bad. Click the like button today. Yeah, so they find a notebook where someone kept notes of like the transmissions. Yes. And there was a map with like numbers on certain cities. Numbers like 600, like 400, like pretty low numbers. Yep. And it turns out they're reading through all this that that's the number of survivors registered at each of these major cities. Like 600 people in like all of Paris are still alive. So the world obliterated. This is worldwide. It's not just Russia. Yeah, these aliens really uh, came down hard. They did their homework. They watched Independence Day. They saw how to do this. Oh, yeah. Hit major cities. Hit them hard. Hit them fast. Yep. Hit them while they're partying at bar scenes (laughs) and their masquerade balls. (laughs) (laughs) Hit them quick. Make sure sure Will Smith's not around. So Joel Kinnaman, they they find him. He's wandering the streets for some reason. He's got an assault rifle. He's going to be okay. He spotted spotted an apartment with its lights on uh, really far away. Yes. Right? That wasn't down the street. No. from them. No, that was a few blocks. But he starts making his way there on his own. So they, the two guys go out to get him, bring him back, and all of a sudden the aliens arrive. Aliens arrive. Car lights are turning on, horns are honking. This guy's done. It's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- this was, and this is the first time I think we see where there's two of them at the, in the same location. Usually, the whole time we saw one at a time. So this is the first time we saw two, and he uh, obviously was not going to make it. The way this guy dies is très magnifique. You know, <laughs> kiss to the heavens. Beautiful. Yeah, he got what he deserved. He's kind of sandwiched in between two of the aliens, and the first one hits him, and half his legs get incinerated. So his torso goes spinning through the air. It slams into a car in slow motion, and then it like slides into the other alien, and then it burns up. Mm -hmm. This looked excellent. Yep. Right? This was an excellent effect. Kudos to them. Really well done. And you know, deserved. A death deserved for the. I felt it. Yeah. I felt like, yes. (laughs) At least he redeemed himself in the end, right? I mean, he told the other guy. Get out of here. Yeah, he, and he drew the them. attention right, right. Of, of both of them so they could yeah. escape. So he, he redeemed himself. No. Okay, all right, all right. No, no, no. He ended up a hero and a gentleman. A scholar as well? Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, you know, one of the things I forgot to mention was this movie is kind of interesting in the fact that once they figured out that the aliens affect electrical equipment, they realize that it's more dangerous to be out during the day than it is during the night. That's like the opposite of every other movie like this ever made, right? Yeah. It's safer at night than right. it is in the day. Uh-huh. That's a very interesting choice. It is. Especially with uh, the vampire craze. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> that face <laughs> yeah, that's harsh bro how about you like to run down the vampire movies the last five years it's cool because it's a logical reason to have them running around at night which is scarier yes yes it is so that, that's, that, it's definitely cooler so they all spot this apartment that has its lights on and yeah. they're like whoa what's going on up there let's go party let's go they're, let's go they know what they're doing like they're, they're they're spitting in the face of these aliens by having their lights on they're safe somehow let's let's get there. So they head there. It takes them a really long time. By the time they get there, it's like midday the next day, right? Yes. Even though that, that apartment looked like it was a few blocks away. Yeah, but they had to like stop constantly for the aliens and stuff. Yeah, right? I guess so. And when they get there, they find this Russian girl and they go inside an apartment and I knew immediately what this was when they went inside of it. Like why it was that guy's protected. Do you know what this was? No. This is something I learned from the Mythbusters. Do you know? Uh, no, I didn't know. Yeah, apparently inside this apartment, it was a giant Faraday cage, which is this giant metal box, essentially, that electrical signals can't get in or out of. Mm -hmm. So if you had like a cell phone in there, you couldn't use it because the signals couldn't escape. That's how they're shielding themselves from the aliens. The aliens can't see through this thing. Why anyone would have this in their house is absurd and ridiculous. How long does something like this take to build? Forever. It's completely impractical. Right, right. So let me get this straight. It's a big metal box? Essentially. It's a cage. Couldn't they just like electrify the box? No, the box is grounded. Yes, it is. It's right. Okay. Gotcha. Well played. Well, they go and they, go and they meet this eccentric scientist guy. Yeah, he, the eccentric scientist. He, he was bound to show up eventually, right? Yeah, sure. He's, he figured it all out. You know? <laughs> we are in Russia. You got to have one. It's the guy, the eccentric guy, who saw this coming all Years along. ago. <laughs> and he built a microwave gun to fight the aliens. Yep. Which he just happened to have. Did he build it in like four days or something? He's a genius. Yeah, I guess so. To me, this is the jump to shark moment of this movie. The movie dies here. Agreed. It loses everything everything. When this guy shows up with his magic gun in his magic box house, it's like, all right, this is over. My question is, who who knows what a Faraday box is? It seems like a very complicated and convoluted convoluted kind of solution to, to something. I mean, it's logical, but then again, like, no one's going to know what the right, hell that exactly, is, what's yeah, going on, yeah. right? At this point, it really seems like someone different took over the writing. Oh, yes, we for went, sure. We went from a very practical movie to, all of a sudden, the standard cookie-cutter alien an invasion movie. That's a change for the worse. Yep. I guess he quit or he was fired or something and somebody else came over. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was really disappointing. It was. They dropped the ball. That all of a sudden this guy's got this big cage for a house and a microwave gun in his kitchen. <laughs> I mean, it's just... It's like a video game, right? Like in Half-Life 2 or something. You meet some guy he's like, here, take this gun. Use it. Yeah, so this whole cage basically hinges on the door being closed and locked. Right. They still have their radio from the, the embassy. Yes. Apparently works in the Faraday box. Yeah, I'm shocked. Does, is that real? Is that how it works? I would have thought the signals wouldn't be able to get in. Well, I don't know. I'm not an expert on I, Faraday boxes. I have boxes. no idea either. I have well, no clue. Call the, call the Mythbusters real quick. Oh, okay, sure. See yeah. if they'll pick up. I've got Jamie Heineman on speed dial. Call him up right now. <laughs> um, see if his mustache knows. The radio works, and they, they get this transmission that there's a new 
nuclear submarine in the river in Moscow and they're waiting for survivors and at a certain time they're gonna leave and meet up with nuclear subs that are in other major cities and everyone's gonna get together and have a big party I guess I don't know sure I don't know where they're meeting but masquerade ball and then that'll come eventually <laughs> well after the aliens are defeated <laughs> <laughs> That's great ball. It's the only way to celebrate. <laughs> well, the, no, didn't the the Russian guy? Didn't he mention an underwater Faraday box? This guy's obviously obsessed. That's, a, that's with what Faraday. the sub is. The sub itself oh, okay. is an underwater Faraday cage. But you know, I'm okay with this. This is a pretty good end goal. Like, I agree. We need to get the hell out of here. That's the perfect way for us to leave. A let's nuclear go. submarine is fine. Yeah, let's go there. Yes, fine. The eccentric Russian genius scientist pops out with his microwave gun and shoots it at the alien, and it works. Yeah, it like stuns it. And you can kind of see beyond the aura of it because before yep. it was just like this gas cloud or electrical gas cloud kind of. Fart cloud. Is another, you get another <laughs> fart cloud in a yes, that bad feature film. The eccentric scientist guy gets obliterated, yep. incinerated, castrated. Says you. <laughs> violated? Emancipated from life. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta give this movie credit. It's killing people. Yes, it is. So we started out with five main people. People. Right. Now we've killed two of them. It's pretty good. So the team now is Emil, Max, and this new Russian girl that they picked up. Right. They're on the run. Aliens show up again, and they're rescued by a Russian militia from the future or something. They're, they're wearing a ragtag group of uh, improvised troops. They shot at the alien. They blew it up yeah, with they like need missiles. Bullets. Right. Followed by flamethrower. Followed by rocket. Rockets. Now this seemed like it was a process that they had practiced. Like a, like they had seemed like they've honed their skill on this one. They, they, watched, the they watched an instructional video. Oh, I see. Clearly. Well, my, my question is, what's the trial and error on this? <laughs> you know, you, you realize the fire's not supposed to be first as you guys get disintegrated today. Yeah, that, that's true. That, yeah, because if you mess up once, you're dead, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if we put the flamethrower before the bullets, right. we don't hurt the alien and it kills us. And these guys look silly, I thought. They were all wearing electrical parts yes. all around them. Yep. Like their armor was made out of motherboards yeah, and circuit boards and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They looked dumb, I thought. Yeah. They, they looked silly. I don't know what that was going to protect them from. Yeah. But then we, we find a, a key piece to the movie where they finally kill this you know creature and a little part of them, or they don't kill him, actually. They, they just hurt him. Yeah. A little piece of him falls off. And a little he... turdlet falls out of it. <laughs> yeah, well, what? Did we decide what that was? It's a foot, uh, uh, th a thumb or finger or somewhere? I thought it was just like a piece of their armor. I thought it was genitals. Yeah, you're right. Alien genitalia. <laughs> Emil Hurst is squeezing it. groping it. Yeah, so these Russian soldiers, they take our heroes back to their den. They tell them about the submarine. The soldiers don't want to go. They, Emil Hurst gives a rousing speech, like General Patton, and everybody yeah. just decides to go with them. A four-minute speech, and the guy changes his whole life view. Yeah. <laughs> this was, was so ridiculous. Sure, sure, his sure. speech was not motivating at all. Like, one of the big key elements of these militia guys, that they were all about Moscow, protecting Moscow, we're not going to yep. save Moscow. Here comes this goofball American guy telling them what to do, mm -hmm. and they just roll over for him. And like, yeah, sure, we'll go, we'll help you. Yeah, that's basically what happened. It, it's um, Silly? Pretty, pretty ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, this movie is sliding down the toilet tubes very fast. Okay, so they make it outside and they see that the aliens are up to no good in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they see him, I guess, mining for something like something. I, I don't know what... They didn't They didn't say, didn't uh, figure minerals, it out yet. Minerals, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah, copper. Basically things that can, you know, use to conduct electricity, basically. Yeah, which apparently is littered throughout downtown Moscow. Who knew? 
<laughs> Huge mineral deposits yeah. there. Yeah, so there we see these giant plumes of fire bursting from the ground and also just like like, spiraling up to the sky. Like lava or something like that almost. Yeah, just erupting into God knows where. Like outer space? I don't know. Where do those lava flows go? They just go up into the sky? Into the ships? And, you know, if they had ships? I, you know. I didn't understand these things, and I also didn't think that they looked that good. The effect wasn't that impressive to me. No. I don't really think we needed to see where they're going. I mean, it's from Emil Hirsch's point of view, like, he would never find that out. Right. So yeah. we don't need to see it yeah. either. And this is, at this point, this is when they find the boat instead of, you know, you know what? Let's not walk anymore. Let's take a, sh- a boat to the, uh, the submarine. Yeah, they get on this boat and are like, we'll drift to the submarine. <laughs> it's passive is that, aggressive. Is that safer than just like running there? I don't think so. No, how, I don't know how that could be. It can't be because you're confined to a, a, you know, the boat. You yeah, can't this just seems anywhere. like a terrible decision to me. You can't steer the boat. Right. And they can still see you. They can still sense your presence. Sure can. But hey, it works because they make it far enough to where the submarine is. Almost. Almost, yeah. Yes, and then something explodes around them or a something. building, I think they capped yeah, it to a building uh, yeah, or something Yeah, a building like explodes, it yeah. implodes, whatever. The boat tips over, everybody falls into the water, the microwave gun falls into the, the ocean. I, I don't know how it's going to work after it's being submerged. It's a river. In the, falls into in the, the Russian ocean. ocean. You have a real issue with, <laughs> with bodies of water and their proper titles. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, but listen, before we get to that, I think we're missing the most important part here, where Emil Hirsch and Olivia, they all of a sudden make connection over their fallen friends. This is huge. That's true. Yeah. That was when they're on the boat. An acting now. powerhouse, these guys. <laughs> they, they they get together and they, they need some hand-holding. They do. They do. I, I, Very pull, provocative. Pulled in my heartstrings, guys. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I can see where it got its PG-13 rating. Yeah. Right there, right? That was... <laughs> Very Boom. sexy. <laughs> yeah, so they all fall in the water. I mean, everybody apparently knows how to swim because they just swim across the river. N- not Emil. Yeah, they just they, just, they go to where the submarine is. Emil is just bobbing around like a fool. <laughs> his hair is all in his face. He looked ridiculous. They, they, he was like, splashing around like he just fell off the Andrea Gale <laughs> in the middle of the perfect storm. <laughs> it was a river. It was calm. There was no no. There, it wasn't moving at all. No. And then they get on on, on the submarine. And they're like, hey, where's Olivia. Olivia? She's missing. And then they look down about 800 miles to the west. 8,000 miles. Yeah, 8 million miles. <laughs> and then they see a flare in this because she had a flare gun and she, they see the flare going up in the sky. Uh-huh. How did she get down there? The river wasn't even moving. I have no idea. I don't know how she got out of the river on her own. Right. How she got inland 8,000 miles. <laughs> <laughs> and never ran across any of the. The orbs. Yeah, lived through all of yeah, this. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, and then we're treated to Emil's second riveting, riveting powerhouse <laughs> motivational speech of the day, in which he convinces these people that are about to leave on the submarine and live. They're, they're about to start their lives over again. They've just lived this horrific thing. He's like, oh, wait, 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 wait. We have one girl who might be alive out there. Maybe. Uh, maybe. maybe. Let's go get her, guys. Listen, Let's do it. He held hands with her. He had a connection. It's got Around to me a Cloverfield. It's like you're really gonna go back in there for her. Like she's probably dead, man. You gotta and go. he just met her. He did. It's not his girlfriend. Four days ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. This is you wouldn't have gone back. No. Sorry, babe. Catch you on the flip side. You just jump in the sub and fly away. Yeah, but they decide to go get her. I mean, like for whatever reason, somehow the Russian soldiers in the sub can magically duplicate the microwave gun. They must. They reverse engineered it. Something that was just invented four days ago. Sure. Uh-huh. They have all the parts. Right. They got them all there. They're 
ready to go. Uh-huh. It's a nuclear sub, for God's sakes. Yeah. Yeah. They threw it into the nuclear reactor and a duplicate <laughs> popped out. <laughs> so they head inland and they're heading to where the flare was shot off. Yeah, they're in this like courtyard that has all these buses in it and uh look like a rail yard or something like that. I was gonna say train yard. Uh, the proper term is rail yard. I'm gonna say train yard. Tram yard, actually. Wasn't they weren't they trams? Tram cars? I don't know. Are we, are we really gonna debate this? Yes, this is this is what we do. That's what this show's all about. <laughs> all right. We get the facts correct. Oh, yeah, Shazam. A hundred percent. Yeah, we have a real problem with Kazam starring oh. Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, we have we referred to it as Shazam oh. 55 times. And we got 10,000 <laughs> billion emails about it. <laughs> okay, yeah. So they find this truck filled with water. Now, before that, as they're going through the rail yard, they throw cell phones that they, I guess they had just collected a bunch of cell phones. Yep. Throw them all over to kind of as your key that, you know, these these creatures are coming. It'll ring. And one one does. And Emilio's you know, g- gun jams, dramatic scene, gets a gun just in time. Typical stuff. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And they, so they stun the thing. And this is where we first see more than just the gyros. We see the oh, actual yeah. alien itself. Oh, yeah. And my God. Woo. My God. Piss poor performance. Ooh. Ooh. Cartoonish. Uh, Would you agree? Terrible. Yes. 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 Oh. Sci-fi channel yes. level. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. This does not fit in this movie that had so many of these like beautiful practical effects mm-hmm. and the, the the little CG that we did have was pretty cool with yep. the alien yeah. balls and stuff. Mm-hmm. This looked atrocious. This is something that we would have seen in like Wild Wild West or some other piece of crap, you yeah. know, something from the 1990s, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. Lost in or, Space. Like early 90s. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. You remember Lost in Space? Oh, I absolutely do. <laughs> I would have preferred to never see them. Yes, I was thinking yes. that. I did not need to see these aliens. Yeah. Nope. That was a big mistake. Yeah. How many movies have have been ruined because you see the aliens and they're just unimpressive. Like oh, signs. The, the first thing I was gonna think of, yeah, signs. I'm gonna even throw Super Eight into that. Absolutely. Didn't that, ruin the movie, but that didn't look like crap. Yeah, it's just better to to not show. Yeah. I'm sure people would have complained though. I didn't go see the alien. But hey, you get what you wish for, and look what you get. Yeah. It's crap, Ola. I mean, on the, on the plus side, it's a, it's a glimpse. These things aren't thrown in our face. You see glimpses of them. It's still illogical. It doesn't make any sense to me how these things work. So, all right, yeah. let me let me get this straight. There's this little black spheroid alien thing with like a mean face mm-hmm. in the center. Rotating around it are these like gyroscope things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And these gyroscope things generate the aura. Right, the uh-huh. electrical waves or whatever. Energy. I guess that's how it works, right? I guess yeah. so. So dumb. <laughs> so dumb. Imagine if it was just like these energy beings came to our planet. We will never understand them. We'll never be able to beat them. They just came and just destroyed everything. How much better would that have been? Way better. Mysterious energy creatures. Yeah. That's it. So you need. No, they got to be aliens riding sparks through the air or something, you know, and, energy and, balls. And why is it always our planet's got the greatest minerals out there? I'm sure the universe is pretty big. I'm sure there's other planets out there with some good stuff. Yeah, newsflash. We are depleting our planet of its resources. <laughs> Pandorum don't, style. Don't bother coming here. You're saying there's an Earth 2 out there? I'm sure there is. <laughs> yeah, so they get to the that the courtyard, the yeah. tram yard, right, the train yes. yard, please, please. the rail yard, yes, the bus course. yard. 
stomp the yard. They, they did it all. So they go there and they find this truck filled with water. They empty the water into the right. courtyard because they, the plan is that when the aliens go above it, they'll shoot the water with the microwave gun and like the aliens will spark, right. conduct the electricity and they'll make a chain reaction. Right, because there was more, there was three of them at this point. So they, Yeah, so the three aliens appear out of nowhere. They go up to the water, but then they stop right at the water's edge for right. some reason whatsoever. Yeah, well. And then the Russian girl that they met up earlier teleports in <laughs> from the submarine out of nowhere. And then she like, I guess like ultraviolet, she put in her pocket and pulled out like an infinite amount of Molotov cocktails. Yep. Where did she get these things? We saw them at the bar right. at the beginning of this movie. She wasn't there. No. But Emil and the rest of the crew were. They put it in their bags. Like They had these things in their bags. So I guess she went in their bag to steal from them? them. Took it. Followed them there. Like what was the point? Like they went with like armed guards basically, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Why'd they let her off the sub? Why did she even think she needed to go? She's just trying to help guys. This is completely pointless. <laughs> Absolutely. She starts tossing Molotov cocktails like it's a video game. <laughs> like it's Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Exactly. Like she's got a, a, a supply of 50 of them. <laughs> But that scares the aliens enough. So they go over the water. They shoot it. Electricity sparks every which way. They blow up the aliens. Great job. Well done. Yeah, and then I think the one guy takes him out with a pistol. Don't you think they should use something more than just a pistol and and have this big explosion after shooting it with a a 9mm? Yeah, it it seems like the the, the microwave gun disrupts their... Yeah, that's it. Disrupts their flow. Stuns them, yeah. But you need something else. To, like, knock them off, right? But it's a spectacular explosion off of, yes. you know, some <laughs> Well, those, 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 those spinny things, how fast are they moving? I'm going to say uh, 10, 20 miles an hour. The speed of light, I don't know. Three billion light years Per speed. second. <laughs> <laughs> we just invented a speed. Breaking new ground every day. Yes. Well, me or her, she finds Olivia. She's hiding in a bus or a tram car. It was a bus. It was, at this point, it was a bus, okay, yes. It was a bus. Yeah. Electric bus. Yes, yes, yes. So he finds her and an alien gets on board. Mm-hmm. His presence turns the bus on. It goes flying mm-hmm. through the hyperspace. It, <laughs> it goes so fast down the street. <laughs> Olivia gets behind the wheel and tries to control it. Emil Hirsch is shooting the aliens. It's not doing anything. Wow, this is a really exciting scene, huh, guys? Super nah, I, exciting. Yeah, Edge of my seat. I can't see enough runway buses in films. I love them. Yeah, this, this is very speed-like. Yeah. Towards the end, right, when they eventually do kill the alien. Yes. He turns around. She's behind the wheel of the bus. This is very speed-esque. Emil Hirsch's microwave gun isn't working, so what does he do? He Wait. fishes in his pocket yeah. and he pulls out the giant alien turd that he found earlier in the movie. Um, I believe we established it was alien genitals. Yes, the alien genital turds. And he just throws it at the alien on the bus. And for reasons unknown to me, <laughs> exactly, the alien explodes. Spectacularly. Yep. The yeah. moment it gets hit by the shard. Did Emil Hirsch, was he like the rookie of the year and he threw it at like light speed at it? <laughs> this made perfect sense to me. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and wouldn't the explosion in such a contained area like a bus, wouldn't they get some kind of shrapnel or residual Blow from that? Bus. <laughs> exactly. This, this thing comes to a nice clean stop after this happens. Yeah, this 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 is just <laughs> like it threw a rock they, at they it. They stopped caring, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it, they even I mean, they set this up. Like he picks this thing up and saves it. Right. What was the, what was it? Memento. <laughs> 
This is just really stupid. Piss poor performance <laughs> all around here. Yeah. The alien explodes, so they rescue Olivia, and they, they make it back to the submarine, you know. Hooray. They save the day. Great job, everybody. <laughs> Apparently, their cell phones work in the sub, I guess. Well, they had they had a Verizon wireless representative on hand. Sure. Sure. That fixed her cell phone for her. He replaced right. all the parts. Right. Didn't they just say earlier in the movie that the submarine is a Faraday cage? They did. How are those signals getting in or out? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. But she, she pulls her cell phone out. And she got the magical text and message. she's got a text message. Oh, and we'd have no idea what it said. I couldn't read it that time either. And that's a whole part of the story that we missed. But I can imagine the weight behind that text message. It was kind of the, the bookend of this movie, right? <laughs> what was it? And we just didn't care. We started off with a text. We ended with a text. And we have no idea what they were about. Oh, well. I'm okay with that. And the movie ends with uh, a real piss poor shot of that submarine going down the river. Yep. And then we see it in the ocean somewhere. And Emil Hirsch is in like the war room of he the was, submarine. Yeah. He pounding that map. He's getting stuff done. Yeah, he's, he's commanding. This is how it starts. He's he commanding the world's submarines. The Navy. The I think world a, Navy. I think it's a call to action. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Emil Hirsch becomes vice cardinal of the Navy. <laughs> 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 yeah, so that's it. So the movie ends. So that's the darkest hour. Let's find out what the real critics have to say about this movie. The Darkest Hour is hardly original at this point, and though many of its fellow alien invasion movies are terrible, this one has the advantage of being merely dull. Jeffrey M. Anderson, Common Sense Media. So bad that Russian and American relations may break down and reignite the Cold War. Cameron Williams, The Popcorn Junkie. And finally, this is possibly the most joy-sucking film. Gray Drake, Movies.com. Okay guys, this movie currently holds an 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. Is it really that bad? <sighs> I'm gonna say no. This movie's really disappointing. I agree to that. Because for, sure. for the first half, maybe even a little more, I was so invested in this and I really liked what they were doing. I like the ideas. It's very different, even though it's a spin on something we've seen the countless times before. But as soon as they reach up with this Russian scientist guy, man, it just goes off the rails. And it's really disappointing because I think this could have been a really good movie. Like this was on pace to be a four for me. I'm going to give it a three though, because I still think that the first half is quality enough that I was happy. I saw it. I'm gonna agree with Kevin. The first, I get yeah, half, I mean, 45 minutes, so you know, movie uh, was good. But then, it, like you said, once you got to the Faraday cage, it really kind of you know just tailed off. But it really didn't come back for me, so I'm gonna have to go with the two. But it's it's not as bad as 11. percent I think 11 percent is that's like a one or almost like you know, zero. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's 11% worthy. It's not that bad. Like Kevin said, I agree. This is a very disappointing movie. I was so with this movie. I really wanted this thing to succeed. It was doing so well. So well at the start of this movie. It's so cool. This movie is definitely worth seeing just to see like the first half, yeah. I guess. Just to see like the environment that they're in, the interesting ideas, some of the cool effects. All that stuff is rock solid. But once they get to that one point and it goes to magic fantasy planet, all this crazy. <laughs> crap happens. <laughs> it just goes downhill and it goes downhill really fast and it's a shame that they just dropped the ball. It's that they got scared. Like they were making a, an interesting take on this and they got scared and they just relied on the old typical cliches to get them through to the end of the thing. Yeah, they, and, got, they got lazy. Yeah, and it was just poor. It's just, what a shame. What a real shame. It really yeah. bothered you. Well, was, this is one of the most disappointing movies we've ever watched. Like this could have been a really solid movie. Uh -huh. Yeah, there was some good uh, wow moments you know, starting this movie. Like I was running on a four. Like, I agree with Kevin. I was writing on a four. 
Now, if I could give this a 2.5, I would, but you know, I'll give it a really light three just because I really like this genre, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. But for everybody else, drop a star, I guess, you know. If the themes in this movie don't interest you, deduct a star from my rating. Give it a two, and that's what you'll think of this movie. It's not a movie you'd recommend. No, 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 no. Only to like really hardcore sci-fi people, yeah. I guess. Yeah, someone who would like this genre. This, be, yeah, it's a cool idea. Check it out. Yeah. Okay, there's no listener mail this week. Now it's time for the question of the week. And the question comes in via our Facebook page, facebook.com slash bad from Phil. Phil writes in and says, which movies are you most embarrassed to admit that you've never seen? That's a really good nice. question. I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. I've never seen Casablanca either. Really? Woo! Those are some solid films you should check out once, some, you know, once in a while. Eh, I'm too busy watching The Darkest Hour <laughs> to get out to that. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of movies. I've never seen the Terminator movies. Wow. What? Fact. Really? Yeah. You know, Kevin didn't see the Star Wars movies until high school. I remember. I that saw, was shocking. I saw this, the first Star Wars movie, the first, first one, A New Hope, in high school. I've never seen Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi. Empire Strikes Back is the best one. And I saw all three of those terrible prequels. Oh, was just, that's, he's been painted. <laughs> I've never seen Schindler's List. That's an uplifting tale. You should check it out. Yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> I never seen that either. All right. Normally, this would be the time where we announce the movie for the next episode. But this episode is being recorded way in advance. So I have no idea what's going to be played during the next oh, episode. A little mystery. Yeah, a little mystery for you, you know. We're riding high off of Kevin's nuptial bliss, I guess. Yeah, sure. I had a great time. Did you? Yeah, we're going <laughs> to... <laughs> yeah, good job, guys. We're going to record this on Kevin's honeymoon. I'm sure his wife yes. will love it. Yeah. I am currently basking in the glow of the sun on the beach. So head on over to yassabad.com. Keep an eye on this episode's page and you'll find out whatever movie we're going to watch next. But until then, thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Those five-star reviews really do help out the show. Help spread the word of the show to all your friends. You can follow us by clicking the like button on Facebook, facebook.com slash yeahitsthatbad. You can follow us on Twitter at yeahitsbad. You can follow Martin at yeah, it's Martin. You can follow Kevin at Yeah, it's Kev. And you can stream the show from all your mobile devices via Stitcher. You can get that at stitcher.com slash yeah, it's bad. Put in the promo code Yeah, it's bad, and you really will be helping out the show. Once again, thanks for listening to the show. See you next time. And what that boils down to is, ugh. And what that bowels, uh, bo- bo- bowels, what that bowels down to. Bowels down to. <laughs> the effect of the ash, like, coming down after someone's killed. And that's it's really cool. That is cool, yeah. Ashes to ashes. Dust, dust to, to dust. dust. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't realize so many douchey sayings. Oh, this is, yeah, this, this is tame. <laughs> great. I should have brushed up. <laughs> the whole point of this is to be as stupid as possible. Yeah, he puts it to a <laughs>